Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. And grateful tonight to be in your presence. Lord, we do not take it for granted. Father, we see it as a privilege that we are here to hear your word. Spirit of God, we ask that you minister to our hearts. May we not leave your presence the same as we came. We pray, Lord, that you touch our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated. And um, tonight, we want to continue sharing on salvation. We want to continue talking about salvation. And um, last Sunday, we started talking about why your soul is important. Why your soul is important. Who was not here last Sunday? You were not here last Sunday. One, two, three, three people were not here. I will encourage you, four people, I will encourage you to listen to that message. Listen to that message. If you have not listened to it already, I want you to listen to it. And um, I believe it will bless you. Tonight, we want to continue with that message. Why your soul is important. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. It says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? To gain the whole world and lose his own soul. This is a question. This is a question that Jesus posed. And we see in this simple question from Jesus, the Son of God, that the value of the soul is not comparable to anything in the world. Hallelujah. It means that there is nothing in this world that is comparable to your soul. No relationship in this world is comparable to your soul. No marriage in this world is comparable to your soul. Hallelujah. No friendship in this world is comparable to your soul. No amount of money in this world is comparable to your soul. That means if you were to put Anything in this world on one scale, one side of the scale, and place your soul on the other side, you cannot balance it. The value of your soul will outweigh, far outweigh whatever in this world that you can place on this side of the scale. That is what it means. It says, what shall it profit a man? What shall it profit a man? That means, what gain is it to a man? What gain is it to a man? 
to spend all your life, to spend all your time, to spend all your energy acquiring things in this world or searching for things in this world, acquiring knowledge in this world, educating yourself in this world, getting access to all things in this world, and then lose your soul. It means that it is not a good bargain at all. It is an unwise trading to trade your soul for anything in this world. There is nothing in this world that is worth trading your soul for. That is what it means. Hallelujah. Now, this should not come to you as a surprise because we understood from the scriptures that this part of us, which is the soul, is the part that we received from God. This is the part that is of God. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that it has such value, that it is so valuable. We saw clearly in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that God formed the body from death, that it was just something that God made out of death, that the body is nothing but death. But what made the body come to life and what made it who you are today is that part of God that he placed in you. And that is a part of God that came out of him into the body. That is the part of God that came out of him into you to make you who you are. And so it is not surprising that there is nothing that can be compared to it. There is nothing in this world that can, com- that can be compared to that aspect of your, your, or your being, which is the soul. Hallelujah. So the spirit is very much a part of God. And the scripture teaches us that it returns to him. When the body is no longer able to house the spirit, the spirit returns to the owner of the spirit. The one who gave it, he took it. He will take it back. It is not a permanent gift for you. Do you understand? So you cannot do anything you want with it. It's not something that has been permanently given to you to do whatever you want. The Bible says God will get it back from you. Hallelujah. God has two destinations for all the the spirits that return to him. Two destinations. Only two destinations. There is nothing in between. As sometimes people make it to be. There is nothing in between that when you die, your spirit will be in a certain place and if your relatives give certain arms or they, they pray more for you, then you are getting closer and closer to... There is nothing of such... We saw in the scriptures, as Jesus showed us, that when the body is dead, there is a great analysis. He, he gave us a good analysis of what happens to the spirit. Two destinations. In heaven or in hell. Hallelujah. So back to Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. You see, according to the valuation analysis by someone who came from God, there is nothing in this world that comes close to the value of your soul. Hallelujah. It is you who does not know. You do not know the value of your soul. That is why you treat it the way you do. But the one who knows the value, the one who does the valuation, 
the valua, I was trying to look, there's a word like that, but I didn't find a word like valua, valua. Is there a word like that? But we can make it. In the UD, we can make words. Hallelujah. So it is you who does not know the value of your soul. You don't know the value of your soul, so you don't care so much about your soul. Valuator. So the word is valuator. So the valuator is saying that when he values your soul to all the things in the world, there is nothing in the world that can be compared to your soul. There is nothing in the world that comes close to your soul. Or appraisal. So appraisal of your soul. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So if you knew that this part of you, this part of your body, is that which is going to live eternally, it is that which is going to live forever, you would treat it differently. If you knew and understood that. But you see, we don't. We don't believe that. That is why we treat our souls the way we do. We don't believe that. If we knew that it is going to outlive this body, we would treat it with more respect and with more attention than we would treat the body. You see, even in this world, in the field of medicine, more attention and more care is given to children when it comes to treating them and young people than older people. Or you didn't know who are about to die. Ailing, what, is, what do we call them? What, are, what is the term for the people who live between 90 and 99? Okay, we can say geriatrics, but there's a very good term for that. When we come to people of that age group, when we, come, when, when we are taking care of people in that age group, like a younger child, a child that has suffered trauma or a child that is sick, all forces come to take care of the child. And then people say, no, he can't die. He's only 20. He cannot die. He's only 30. He cannot die. He's only 15. And then you see that all expense go out. Everything, there is no limit to how much to, to spend on that child to make the child live because he's only 15. Or she's only 12. If they have to run the whole hospital's blood just to transfuse this one child to let this child live, they will do. And all you hear people say is that she's only 12. She's only 13. She's only 6. No, how can a child like... They they will not let you... Because they know there's value. The child has potential to live many years. But when you are 99, people say, oh... But she is next nine. What what else does she want? <laughs> you know? And then people are talking to your relatives. Let the person become DNR, DNI. That means do not resuscitate, do not intubate, do not put on breathing machine. Why? Because she's on she's 99. What else do you want? What else? How much more do you want to live? And people think that is enough to go. Because you don't have more years to live. You see, so even they put you on the machine, they say, we give you three days on the machine, three days trial. We're giving you three days on a breathing machine trial to see how long, you know, if there will be any turnaround, you know, of your 
health status. And if there's no change, then they are pushing, they are convincing you, why are we making the person suffer? Why is this? Make the, let them go. Let it go. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But when you are 12 years old, when you are 15 years old, when you are 20 years old, there is no limit to the expense. You see? And that is how we should see our body and our soul. Our body and our spirit. That this is the spirit that is going to live eternally. So all of our attention should go on this. This is the soul that is going to live eternally. This is the soul that is going to live after this body is gone, broken and buried. This is the soul. So why is it that our attention is not on the soul? Why is it that we don't care so much about the soul? Oh, you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. So there is more value to your soul than your body. There is more value to your soul than your body. But the opposite, we spend so much on the body than the soul. It hurts you to buy a Bible than to buy food. You see, it is difficult for you it is very easy for you to buy a television set. It is very easy to buy a brand new curved TV than to buy an iPad for church. Do you see? It is very easy. It is very easy for you to go to the store and pick three pairs of shoes than to buy Macarius. That we are saying that this whole set of books of 60 spiritual books of 60 cost $200 and hey, $200. Why can't they make it 150 Why can't they give it for 60 Maybe one for a dollar. <laughs> you see? That becomes very expensive to you. That becomes very expensive because we don't have any value for the spirit. We don't have any value for the soul. The food for the soul, we don't want to spend on it. That is simple the reason. Amen. Amen. So when we say be spiritual, when we are encouraging you and say be spiritual, what we are saying is that be more and more conscious of the spirit. Be more and more conscious of your soul. Be aware that you have a soul. Be spiritual means be awakened to your soul. Be awakened to your spirit. Be awakened to the inner man. Amen. Amen. That is the most important aspect of you. That is the most important aspect of you. But rather, what is most important to us is the body. What feeds the body? Do you understand? That is why when we place a job three hours away, it's easy for you to go. You take the train and you take the ferry and then you get out and then you take a taxi and then you go and then you wait for another bus to take you. Four means of every kinds of transport except the airplane that you don't take. And then you get there on time. You get there on time. But when it comes to spiritual things, when we say, oh, we are having a camp meeting here, why, why can't they have it here in New York, where the children had their camp, it was very nice, we can just drive there, why, why should we, you see, why should we have to go to Florida, we don't place value on our spirit, we don't, we have no value for the spirit, 
One day, there was a lady that came to the church. And, you know, I thought she was very spiritual. And she wanted us to send her messages because she says she's going to be at work and she cannot come to church as she would want to. And she wanted means where she can get messages because those days we didn't have podcasts and all these things, you know. And so we are signing someone that will be mailing her messages. CDs. We have one to mail you CDs. And so I said, wow, this sister is very spiritual. This sister is very spiritual. And then she lost the job. And she came to live right here. Right here. I'm not saying the place. (laughs) So don't put words in my mouth. Because I'm not making any identification of who the person is. Then the person came to live right here. And I said, so, before I even talk about church, then she called me, said, Pastor, you know, I've lost this job, but today pray for me because they have given me a place in Brooklyn. And I have to go for interview. I'm going to meet the people, so pray for me. So I said, oh, the Lord will give you a job. Then the next one, oh, they said I should go to Far Rockaway. So I'm going. Pray for me. They say I should go to Queens. They say I should go to White Plains. They say I should go here. And then she's going to all these places. And I said, sister, but why don't you come to church? He says, there is no direct bus that comes. <laughs> there is no direct bus. I can't get a bus directly that comes from my house to the church. So if somebody can pick me up. That is why I'm not coming to church. You see, we have no value for the soul. We have no value, but we value the body. We put so much value to the body. And we don't value the soul. Hallelujah. But the soul is the most important aspect of you. Most important aspect of you. You know, a lot of times I see people come and then they are here, they have arrived here, and they're looking for a job. And I used to do this, I was doing this, I used to do this, and then, oh, I want to do this in a church, I want to do this, and then they get a job. And that's the last time you've seen them. Because people don't have value for the soul. We don't have any value for the soul. First Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. It says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a cast away. He says, but I keep under my body. So this actually means, but I keep my body under. I keep my body under. So I keep under my body. Do you understand? That is what it means. So it helps you to. I keep under my body. I keep my body under and bring it into subjection. I bring it into subjection. You have to force the body into subjection. That is a person who has understood the value of the soul. That is one who has seen the value of the soul. To now bring your body under. To put it under. Another version says, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control. That is the HCSB, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. 
He says, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified. We can all be disqualified if we also don't see the value of our spirit. If we don't value our soul, we will be disqualified. Anyone who does not see the value of your soul will be disqualified. Amen. So in order to develop the spirit, you must put the body under strict control. In order to develop the spirit, you must make your mind to put the body under strict control. To keep it under strict control. What does it mean? It means the needs of the body do not help you spiritually. Oh, you don't know that. The needs of the body do not help you spiritually. The things that the body demand, they don't help you spiritually. The things that satisfy the body, they do not help you spiritually. Amen. Amen. Oh, you don't know that. Oh, yes. The body wants to sleep. That is what the body wants to do. The body wants to sleep. When you want to pray, the body wants to sleep. Amen. The body wants to eat. These are things the body wants to do. The body wants to eat. The body wants to watch movies. The body can be awake and alert and watch movies non-stop into 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Try praying until 3 a.m. Try declaring prayer meeting from midnight to 3 a.m. And see how many people will be online. But if I say the church is organizing a movie night and we are all going to see a movie and we are, it's a two movies. We've finished this and when we go to the next theater and watch the next one and we'll finish at 3 a.m., the whole church will be there and everyone will be awake. And some of you will ask, Reverend, can I bring my sister? Can I bring my cousin? My aunt wants to come. Can, can someone who, does not, who is not a part of the church, can the person come? Can, can we bring someone who is not a lighthouse member? Can we bring this? People will be asking me all these things. True or not true? Salom, so when we are organizing things, isn't that what people are asking us? Someone's cousin is in Long Island. Can the person come? Someone is coming from Rhode Island. Can the person come? They will come far rock away. They want to. Can the person come? Three hour movie night. Movie night. Or you want me to try it? You don't, you don't believe what I'm saying. The body likes to listen to jokes and laugh. Quack, 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 and laugh. The body likes to listen to jokes. The body does not like to listen to preaching message. That you are sitting here and I'm preaching. You are checking. When are we finishing? <laughs> when, when, if I begin to tell you jokes you, and I say that we are over. Oh! But if I'm preaching and I'm reading the scriptures and we are closing, you say, hallelujah. Ha. This man... Does he not get tired? He was even sweating and he's still preaching. <laughs> you see, it's because we have no value for the spirit. 
And I tell you, unless you be aware of the value of the spirit and put your body under, put it under, into subjection, put it under, and say, the body wants to listen to news. News. And you realize that the news can be the same news that you listen to in the morning. The body wants to listen to it. I'm the one with the ears. I want to listen again. The body wants to listen to the news again. You can drive from here to Albany and you'll be listening to 1010 wins. And say, this is 1010 wins. You give us 24 minutes. How many minutes? 10 minutes. You give us 10 minutes and we give you the world. And then they will give you the world. And then 22 minutes. This is 10, 10 wins. You give us 22 minutes, we give you the well. And then they will tell you about the things. And then in another hour, this is 10, 10 wins. You give us, and then you'll be giving them 22 minutes, 22 minutes throughout your journey. But when we say listen to a preaching message, oh, it's too difficult. Too difficult. You just like the testimonies and then you, you, you turn it off. <laughs> and say people are bad <laughs> and then blame all the people the bad things that they've been doing and say hey is that how the world are wow in this lighthouse and all these people are in the church hey <laughs> isn't that what you say hey <laughs> and you'll be listening but the body is satisfied when these things are happening Amen. The body is happy to look at pictures on Facebook. And it will go through. Fa- the thing that I just found out, the Facebook thing, is non-stop. Because if you are going, it is it's still going. It's going. Hey. And then you'll be going and going and going and going. And then you switch to Instagram. And then checking back and forth. Some of you have the, all the screens open. So you switch from one screen Instagram. Then you go to what else? Snapchat. Then you see a, a notification here. WhatsApp. And then you, you play the videos. And then what else? Twitter. Twitter. And then you're going through them. See? And you will never be tired. You can do this for hours. For hours. On end. You can stay up all night doing this. And you will never be tired. We see all your activities. We see them. We see your activities. The body gets annoyed with all spiritual activities. The body gets annoyed with every spiritual activity. Any spiritual activity that you try, the body gets annoyed. The body gets bored. The body gets disturbed. The body gets irritated. Do you understand? That is why you have to put the body under. You have to put it under and bring it into subjection. Bring it into subjection. Hallelujah. Bring it into subjection. Otherwise, you will never develop your spirit. And you can only do this when you see a value of your soul. When you have such value for your soul. When you see your soul is the most important aspect of you. Then you put your body under then you understand that the body is preventing your soul from developing. Amen. You see, when I'm preaching, you have such a strong feeling. Some of you have such a strong feeling to go to the bathroom. Get out. 
even as we are preaching, sometimes you just have an edge. You, 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 you want to get up. You, you feel that your hair, something is about your hair. You have to go and check your hair. Nobody has said anything about your hair. But as you are sitting there, you are wondering, what is at the back of my hair? What is at the back of what? And you want to go and check at the back of your hair. And then you feel you have to go. Sometimes you feel, as you are sitting there, you feel, you have to go and check my lipstick. As we are preaching. As you are preaching. And you feel that I have to go and check my lipstick. And that is why when we are preaching the women, that's why I don't like when people are getting up. When you are preaching important messages, and then you see, it's, it's the, it's, you, you have to put your body under. Put the body under. And see that what is going on is very valuable. It is great for my spirit. It is valuable for my valuable aspect. And I need to put this body under. Sometimes you feel, you are sitting there, no one has said anything, but you feel your zipper is, something is about your zipper. You know, who is looking? And then you, you want to get up and go. You want to get up and go. The body is bored. And so the body wants to take a walk. The body wants to take a walk. The body is, is it, just go to the bathroom and come back. I'll be okay. So I'm start just sitting here. I'm, I, I need to go to the bathroom. Sometimes you even feel that you have to go to the bathroom to urinate, but you go and sit there and there's no urine coming. There's no, you, you just, the body just controlling you because the body is bored for this spiritual aspect that is happening. You go and there's no urine. True or not true? Yeah. Then you pretend as if you have urinated. So let me just wash my hand and feel like flush the toilet, do something. The body is the body. So you have to put the body under, under, into subjection. Bring the body into subjection. Amen. You see, that will never happen if you are in a movie theater and you are watching a movie. It will never happen. It will never happen that you now have to get up and go to the bathroom and go and do your makeup. When you are watching a movie, you don't want to miss a single portion of it. You don't want people to even talk. Even when it's hot in there. Yes. You don't want to miss a portion of the movie. You... You don't want to talk. But when we are, when you are in church, when, when the spirit is being fed, when your spirit is being fed, you, you think, I have to check my WhatsApp. I have to check. Maybe somebody sent me a message. All of a sudden, maybe somebody, you, you, their body has to be satisfied. And if you don't know the value of your spirit, you will always give in to the body. But Paul said, I, as for me, I put my body under. I put it under and bring it into subjection. I discipline my body and bring it under strict control. Strict control when I'm being fed spiritually. Amen. If you don't put your body under, you cannot pray. You cannot pray. You cannot rise up to pray. You will not rise up to pray. Because even as you ask the spirit, you see, there's always a yearning. You see, some of you, you come on a prayer line because there's a guilt. There is a guilt. That is why you come on a prayer line. You feel guilty that 5 a.m. 
the people are going on a line and you say, so let me sign on. But the body says, okay, go ahead. I just lie down. Just lie down. I'll be okay. Just lie down. I'll be okay. And so you lie down. Lie down. At least you have signed on. At least 8.50, you can type yes. <laughs> if you wake up at 8.50. Yes. <laughs> 9.20. 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 9.20, 
It's four. It's three. Three more hours. Three hours. Hey. Then three. And then you're doing things and then doing things. Hey, three thirty. It's only three thirty. Then the body is annoying, more hungry. It's hungrier than before. Three thirty. Hey. Okay. All right. Okay. Then you want to do other things. Just get busy so that the time will go and then you will check and it's six o'clock. Then you check and check. Four forty-five. Hey! Four forty-five. Oh, all these times. And then you think that the clock is not right. This time it cannot be right. I need to change the battery. Amen. Isn't that so? And then when it's 5 p.m., 525, 5:30, then you start preparing. <laughs> you start preparing. So start preparing. It will take me about 30 minutes to prepare. Start preparing. Start preparing. Start preparing. So 545, 550, 555, then you start. All day, all day, all day, all day, five minutes to six. As for five minutes, the body should take it. Five minutes, please. And then you see your, your stomach is grumbling. Say three more minutes, please. Three minutes. Then you staring, you you warming, you have this ready, you put this on the table. Get the water and the juice. The breakfast, you bring in the breakfast that you didn't eat. Your lunch that you didn't eat, you set them all on the table. You have everything laid out. Laid out. And then you are looking at the clock the second for some reason the second hand looks like it's not moving <laughs> what is happening the second hand as if it has stopped then you go closer it's moving And then 6 p.m. 6. It will not pass by 2 seconds. Not 3 seconds. Not 5 seconds. It is 6. Please. I'm breaking my fast. What fast? What fast? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move on with our preaching. Point number two. Point number two. Hallelujah. 
Point number two. It says to gain the whole world is to gain all the wealth, the money, the fame, the popularity, the acclaim, and the honors this world can offer. To gain the whole world means to gain all the wealth, the money, the fame, the popularity, the acclaim, and the honors this world can offer. Isn't that what we all want? The fame, the money, the wealth, the popularity, the acclaim, the honors of this world. Hallelujah. So when someone dies, we get sad because we know that we are not going to see the person's body again. That is why we cry. That is why we are sad. But we don't cry because we are worried about what will happen to the person's spirit. And it's because we don't know the value of the spirit. We don't care about the value of the spirit. We are worried about the body that we are not going to see again. Amen. In fact, many people feel that if you live a very wealthy life, then you will also continue to live a well life or a wealthy life after death. That is what people think. Isn't that so? That is why when wealthy people die, they bury them and then they build a nice tomb. They build a beautiful tomb as if this is your gateway, gateway to your next glorious life. And then they paint it nicely, nicely designed, very expensive tomb. Isn't that so? Sometimes they even buy expensive things to go with you. They put in a lot of expensive things to go with you. In some cultures, when a person dies, like when a king dies, they kill some servants. They kill some servants and they bury the servants with a king. That they should go and continue serving the king. (laughs) You see? That is if you have never read Luke chapter 16. You see? So you think that the king is going to reign and so they kill servants and continue to serve. But Jesus told us in Luke 16 that it is not so. It is not so. It is not so. What happens after the body is buried is a complete whole thing. A totally Different from what we think. Amen. Amen. You go back in the grave and find out that the golden utensils and all the expensive things, they are still there. They are intact. But the body has gone back to the dead. Just be there before the Lord took it. Just the way it was before God took it to form the, the body. It has returned. Hallelujah. So the book is saying, Bishop was saying, says, whenever I think about this scripture, I remember Princess Diana, who gained the palaces, the fame, and the acclaim of this world. Could she be in hell today with the rich man Jesus spoke about? Could she be screaming with the millions of lost souls who are perishing in the lake of fire? Hallelujah. You see, we think of nice people and we think that they cannot perish. 
But if you do not place a value on your soul, you will die and then you go to hell. So you can imagine that someone like Princess Diana could be in hell. But perhaps Princess Diana was doing her quiet time every day. I don't know. Do you understand? Perhaps she was born again. I don't know. But could it be? Could it be that Michael Jackson, who gained the popularity, the fame, the wealth, and the acclaim of this world, could he be in hell today with the rich man that Jesus spoke about? Could he be screaming with the millions of lost souls who are perishing in the lake of fire? It is not Billy Jean and um, Triller in hell. No. It's gnashing of teeth. But perhaps Michael Jackson was born again. Perhaps Michael Jackson was speaking in tongues. Edifying the spirit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What about Nelson Mandela? Who gained the acclaim of this world by forgiving his tormentors, by forgiving his tormentors and oppressors, and allow peace to come to South Africa? It doesn't matter what good you do on this earth. If you do not accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, and as that his blood washes your sins and be cleansed, and receive him as your savior into your life, and you die, no matter how good you were, you are not good enough to cleanse your sins. You are not good enough to purify yourself. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Could somebody like Mandela be in hell? Says whenever I think about this scripture, I remember the powerful presidents who have ruled this world and affected the lives of millions. They gained the world's attention. But could they be in hell today? When we think of people like Chancellor Hitler, where would he be today? Stalin, where would he be? Winston Churchill, Reagan, Nixon, President Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, and Kwame Nkrumah. Could any of these powerful people be in hell? Could they be screaming alongside millions of lost souls who are perishing in the lake of fire? Beloved, do not take it as a joke. Do not take it as a joke. No one is exempted. No, every man that lives on this world, on this earth, is made of the body and the soul. Everyone. And the body, the Bible says, it dies and it goes to the ground. It returns to the ground. But the spirit, God requires of the spirit. Hallelujah. Number three. says your soul is important because Jesus said there was nothing valuable enough that you could give in exchange for your soul. There is nothing valuable enough. There is nothing valuable enough. Nothing is valuable enough to give in exchange for your soul. Nothing. Nothing. No job is valuable enough to give in exchange for your soul. No relationship is valuable enough. No child is valuable enough to give for your soul. Amen. No husband is valuable enough to give for your soul, to exchange for your soul. Amen. No career, no school, no, no exam, no test 
is valuable enough to exchange for your soul. Say, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? That is a question that Jesus posed. He says, what in this world, what in this world can you give in exchange for your soul? Nothing. Nothing is valuable enough that you can give this in exchange for your soul. That is Matthew 16, 26. Number four, the soul is important that God has appointed shepherds to guide your soul to heaven. Every preacher has been sent by God to shepherd and guide souls safely to green pastures. Hallelujah. This is the main work of the preacher. This is the main work of the pastor. If I have any relationship with you, this is the main reason for the relationship. That I guide you safely. I guide you that you also will make it to heaven. It says, every preacher has been sent by God to shepherd and guide souls safely to green pastures. God gives us shepherds to guide us. To guide us. Amen. Nothing more than that. Nothing more than that. So nothing else should come in our relationship that should displace that. There is nothing that is more valuable than this relationship that I guide you such that you get to heaven. There is nothing else. Nothing else is more important. Nothing else is more. Your marriage is no more important than this. That if the pastor didn't come to your marriage, you are angry that you don't want a relationship anymore. That is not the reason why God gives you a shepherd. That the pastor didn't call you. That the pastor didn't visit you. That the pastor didn't do this. The pastor did. Nothing is more important than that your shepherd will guide you that we all make it to heaven. That is the main reason why we are here. That is the main reason. Nothing else. Everything else about the church is just other things to make us happy in the church. Do you understand? And if that thing was not good enough to make you happy, it does not displace this valuable relationship. It does not come anywhere close. It cannot be compared. It cannot be compared. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That we had um, barbecue and the people didn't give you two burgers. When you asked for two burgers for your husband and they didn't give you, and for that reason, I'm not coming to the church anymore. What do you mean? Say, ah! Ah. That reason, that reason. Amen. The preacher is given to guide you so that you make it to heaven. But you see, you've realized that because of our less value that we place on the feeding of the spirit, preachers who preach about heaven and hell, they are not popular preachers. They are not the kind of preachers that people like to hear. They are not recommended. They are not popular. And the reason is because we also don't have value for our souls. 1 Peter 2.25 says, For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. 
is so important to God that he appoints shepherds to guide you. Your soul is important because your soul can be lost. Number five. It says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in an exchange for his soul? So your soul is so important that it's something... You see, when you drop a pen and you get home and you realize the pen is not in your pocket, you don't cry and say, I have lost, some, I have lost something. And you, you, it will not even make you come back and trace your steps. You see? So if the Bible is saying that you can lose your soul, it means it is valuable. It is something that when you don't have it like that, you have lost something. You have really lost a valuable thing. Let's finish this. Your soul is important because the soul can be destroyed. Amen. Your soul can be destroyed. He says, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In hell. You see, but because we don't know the value of the soul, we fear the ones who kill the body. People are afraid of their bosses. When their boss says, come to work on Sunday, on your day off, you would rather obey that than God says, keep the Sabbath holy. Come to church. You have worked six days. Save the seventh day for me. You fear the boss because he will touch your body. He will touch your daily bread. He will touch what goes in your mouth. Isn't that so? Rather than the one who can destroy your body and your soul. You are not afraid. And it's because we have no value for the soul. Number seven, it says the soul is important because the soul can die. Ezekiel 18.4, it says, Behold, all souls are mine, the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. So the soul can die. Amen. Amen. The soul dying means that it perishes in hell. Hallelujah. Your soul is important because it can go to hell. Number eight. For David speaketh concerning him. Acts chapter 2, 25 to 27. He said, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand and I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Neither would I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Because thou will not leave my soul in hell. Your soul is important because it can go to hell. If you don't mind your soul, it can go to hell. It can go to hell. And number nine, he says, your soul is important because it can be required from you at any time. No matter who you are, your soul will be required of you. You will leave your skeleton behind, but your soul will be required of you. Hallelujah. Last week, we were talking about the story about the rich man. He says in Luke 12, 16. Luke 12, 16. He says, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, 
the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful, plentifully, and he thought within himself. Look at this. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully lots of products, lots of produce, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables. So he brought forth plentifully and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. How many of you have said that before? You have no room for where to keep your, now your clothes, they don't fit your closet anymore. How many of you have felt that before? Your closet is now over flooded with clothes. And you are wondering what to do with your clothes. Hey, you have arrived. Tell your neighbor you have arrived. Isn't that so, Salome? Isn't that so? Yeah, we have closed enough that our closet, we can't close it. Isn't that so? Some of our homes, our closet doors, we can't close. You can't close them. They are over flooding. They are coming out. See, you are like the rich man. Oh, you know, why isn't that so? Some of them are, not you, but some of the people are like the rich man. Amen. Your heart alone. You have a section. You, alone, you have a section for hearts. Section for shoes. And then your hair. Different types of hair. He says, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my bands and build greater ones. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Many years. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. You see, that is, what, that is why we are working so hard. Isn't that so? That you can retire to Florida. There's no snow. Sunshine state. And say, now so. The rest of the next 30 years, that is where I'm going to live. My next 30 years, I'm going to live in Florida. Take thine ease. No more work. When you wake up, sit at the balcony and Watch and read newspapers. But God said unto him, listen to what God said. He said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Why is God calling him fool? He says, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he, listen carefully, I'm telling you why God called this man fool. So you analyze yourself and see how God calls you. He says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So anyone who lays treasure for this body but not rich towards God, towards God is the inner man, the part of God that is with you, that you are not rich towards that one. You are not rich, you have not laid up treasures for the inner man. You have not laid up treasures for the soul the Bible calls you a fool. 
I didn't say it. I didn't say that. Please don't go and say the pastor was insulting us. He says, so is he. So it's not you. Do you understand? It's not you. He says, so is he. Tell the next person, he. That laid up treasure for himself. Tell your neighbor, not you, but him that laid up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. That person, the Bible says, is a fool. God is calling a fool. Do you understand why we have to put the body under? Put it under subjection. There is nothing that is valuable enough to make you sin against your soul. Amen. Put your body under subjection. Under subjection. Amen. You are beloved and even four days to your wedding, put the body under subjection. You say, my soul is too strong. It's too valuable. I will put this body under subjection. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Put your body under control. It says under strict control. That means tight, tight control. Tight control. Claudia, do you understand the word of God this afternoon? Yeah. You are not married yet? Put your body under. Under. Sit on top of your body. He says, I want this. He said, no, you can't have it. Under subjection. Amen, young ladies. Amen. I want to just read this story to you and then we close. It's a story about a king's last command. He says, once upon a time, are you listening? Once upon a time, See, you never were listening to stories. When we say once upon a time, you're supposed to. Time, time. Yeah. There lived a certain king who loved to. Are you listening to the story? He says, There lived a certain king who loved to acquire palaces, properties, and accumulate great wealth. His palace could be compared to only the best in the world. This king was used to being in power, having ruled all his life. One day, he summoned his courtiers and, among other things, gave specific instructions concerning his eventual death and burial. He instructed that a lovely room be prepared to serve as his tomb. He instructed them that they should not let him lie in a coffin. He wanted to sit on his royal throne and continue to reign over his wealth and palaces, even in his death. You see? So the king, he wants, in his burial, when he's dead, he wants, he doesn't want to be laid in a coffin, but he wants them to put him in his royal throne, in his royal, not to sit down. Do you understand? To sit down in his his throne, with his thin on his head and everything, and dress in his regal, gowns and everything with his jewelry and sit and reign. So these are the instructions that he gave. He also asked that an open book be placed on the table before him as he sat on his royal throne. Because kings like to read. In the course of time, the king died and the members of his court carried out all his instructions. 
His royal chair was placed before a table. His body was placed on his chair. And a huge Bible was placed on the table before his body. A hundred years later, another king was enthroned. He had heard of this old king's command and wondered if it had been followed and whether the king was reigning in his death. He sent his servants to open up the tomb and find out the state of this reigning king. When they opened up the tomb, they were amazed at the sight that they beheld. A skeleton in tattered kingly robes. The skeleton was seated on the chair with a crown tipped sideways on a skull. You see? So the, the skeleton was like this with a crown. A bone that used to be his forefinger, a bone that used to be his forefinger was pointing or was pointed to a portion of the Bible. So they opened a Bible in front of him, but his forefinger is pointing to a section of the Bible. And do you want to know what section was pointing? The servants drew near to see what the finger was pointing to. Believe it or not, it was pointing to Mark 8.36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What a mystery. What a mystery. We will only die to find out these things. We will only die to find out these things. But let these other peoples who have used their lives as examples minister to you that when we die, there's a place called hell for us. It's not the end. We don't continue to reign. When we die, we don't continue to marry. That you make your husband the whole thing in this world for you. When we die, we don't continue to keep this relationship that your wife is everything to you in this world. That because your wife has left the church, you have also left the church. Because your husband has left the church, you have also left the church. Because your husband has stopped going to church, you are also not going to church. That did not be so. And the last one, it says, your soul can be saved by having faith in God. Your soul can be saved by having faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10, 38, 39 says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. And let's bring the service to a close. Hallelujah. The importance of our soul. The value of our soul. How valuable our souls are. Lord, we are thankful for your word. We thank you, Lord, for these revelations. We thank you, Lord, for revealing to us today, whilst we are well, whilst we are alive, whilst we are in health. Tonight, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you gave your only begotten son to die for us, that we will not perish. Lord, we thank you for the salvation of our souls. We thank you, Lord, for delivering us from perishing. We give you glory. We give you honor. Tonight, if there's anyone here 
with all eyes closed and every head bowed, there is anyone here, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I don't want my spirit to perish in hell. I don't want my soul to go to the lake of fire. I don't want my soul to perish. I don't want eternal suffering. If the Lord calls my spirit, I want to stand before the Lord and hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. If that is your prayer, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I want to receive salvation that is from Jesus. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? You want me to pray with you? Say a simple prayer to receive Jesus as your Savior. Is there anyone? Lift up your hand and I'll say a simple prayer with you. Do not leave this place if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you are not born again, you do not know when the Lord will require of you your spirit. When the rich fool, when he felt so strong enough that he had laid so much for many years, that very night, the Lord required of his soul. If the Lord is requiring of your soul tonight, what would he say of you? Would he say you are a wise servant or you are a rich fool? What would he say? Would he say that you have been rich towards God or you have been rich towards your body? Beloved, tonight you want salvation for your soul. Lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. In fact, I will pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone? Father, we are thankful for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands for Jesus and you may be seated and let's We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.